I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to the Grow Landscapers podcast. The podcast where we delve deeper into landscape business, interviewing legends of the UK landscaping industry. So, join host Nick Ruddle as he explores their thoughts, insights and experiences. That's here on the Grow Landscapers podcast. Hi and welcome to the Grow Landscapers podcast. I'm Nick Ruddle and today we're here with Jake Catling from the Landscaping Consultants. How you doing Jake? Yeah, good, thank you. How you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you. Now, you're quickly getting recognised as one of the most up-and-coming young landscapers in the country, with the proof being that you were named as one of Pro Landscapers 30 Under 30 winners back in 2017. And you're already a Bali Principal Award winner. So it's a real honour to have you on the show. Um, hopefully, uh, if people don't know you, then they know a little bit more about you now. So, uh, yeah, nice to have you on the show. Yeah, it's great to be here. You know, I've been listening to your podcast with a few of other people and some know some big names so i'm quite uh you know, humbled really to have been asked so yeah thank thank you very much yeah there's a lot of great knowledge a lot of people that are vastly experienced i think what you're bringing is you know you've got a lot of experience at a relatively young age still um but i think people the younger people may be able to relate even more to you because you've been through that the, the process um a lot you know more recently than than some of those other brilliant names that we've had on the show so um, and maybe the, the climate and the economic climate and the way that we do business now and the culture may be slightly different now as to you know when it was in the 80s and 90s when some of the other guests grew their businesses. So, um, yeah, it'll be good to get your perspective on all those things. Yeah, definitely. Good stuff. Right. So how long have you been in the industry then, Jake? So I've been in the industry since I was 14. So that's 19 years. Wow. Um, 14. Slave labour, eh? <laughs> done nothing but that. Well, I, when I was at school, they had a, a thing they bought you for one year where you could um, you could go and do work experience one day a week. They called it day release, which sounds terrible. <laughs> like prisoner. <laughs> yeah, basically. You could either go to college and do construction skills one day a week, or you could go to work. I was the only one in my year group that decided to go to work. Everyone else went to college and mucked around. Yeah. But um, I went and done landscaping and just loved it. So that was it. So I've been doing it. Couldn't wait to then leave mm. do my apprenticeship mm. and just get into work really and landscaping so you had a real passion for that at such an early nat- naturally at such an early age so um talk to me a little bit about that then so you so you were doing that at 14 what 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 were the what was the the progression after that so yeah one day a week i was going and doing landscaping with one of my dad's friends because i actually i've always wanted to be a tradesman all my family are tradesmen i actually wanted to be a bricklayer originally Mm. Um, and then my dad said no <laughs> <Not> <laughs> <like that. laughs> um, and I was like okay I'll be a carpenter and he was a carpenter he's like no you don't want to do that <laughs> and he literally said to me he's like landscaping would be great for you he was mm. just like I feel like it's something for the future and mm. he said you know didn't really know loads about so my dad was like it will be big in the future I think it'd be something that you'll like to do you like being outside you love playing rugby 
you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, so mm. went and done that and then prepped for everything I needed. I knew immediately I wanted to go and go to college and do my uh, my apprenticeship, which I did. I wanted to go to uh, Meriswood, but I couldn't get there because I lived in uh, close to, you know, uh, Epsom. So I went to I went to Nescott, uh, done my apprenticeship and, and worked with um, yeah, a local small company. So we've, I've never worked for a big business. Mm. I've worked for small businesses. But um, yeah, worked there for four years. Um, really moved on quick. You know, mm. I, I wanted it, 100% just wanted it. Like I spent my lunch breaks practicing brickwork, you know, practicing using the digger. I, I didn't have break. I didn't stop. I was mm. like, you know, because when you're young and you haven't got the skill set, you don't get the opportunities as much. So the only time you can get a chance is when everyone's sitting down having a tea mm. and you're can I have a go on the digger? And they're like, yeah, go on then. <laughs> Great work ethic though, isn't it? You don't want to sit around. And I'm, I'm sure that's reflected in the way that you, you run your business now, the people you have. Yeah, that's it. You just got to, you got to be focused and you got to want it. You got to go for it because there was no one going to give it to you. Mm. Uh, and I think everyone in business knows that. Yeah, focus, passion, commitment, and um, a real sort of thirst for learning by the sounds of it. So, um, okay. So, so you, what was the first company you worked for then? A local landscaping business? Yeah, so I worked for, well, it was uh, actually my dad's friend's company when I was doing my uh, day release called uh, Lewis Landscapes. No one would know them, but, you know, he was traditionally, he was, he was taught by his dad to be a gardener and a landscaper. He worked with his brother. So they weren't qualified, but they were, you know, they learned from experience. They learned the old way, really, you know, learned from their dad. Mm. So knowledge that they had was, was was fantastic. Their horticultural knowledge was 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 really good you know it was where we kind of got that first initial passion for you know plants planting you know soil and and the importance of it mm. um, and then i worked for a company after that called um bk garden landscaping where i actually did my full apprenticeship uh, it was just one person me and me and the boss that was it wow. um, undivided attention yeah lovely man you know um, I worked with him for for four years while I did my apprenticeship, and because there was just two of us, it put me in a position to be able to, mm. to to learn and do so many different skills. So we were working a lot in Kingston, so we were doing Victorian tile pathways and you know uh, yellow yellow stocked uh, front walls. So difficult material, so really high precision with mm. doing Victorian tiling, mm. and obviously then a bit more of a craft skill and with difficult materials using stock bricks so it was really good to learn with because it's the hardest way to learn yeah <laughs> deep end, eh? so, so, so what made you start your own business and what was the, the sort of driving force behind that um i wanted to i wanted to set my own business i've always wanted to run my own business even when i said i was going to be a landscaper i always wanted to have my own business mm. what really gave me that that push to to go out and do it was um i was working for a company um, I was I had a great time there. You know, I really enjoyed the time I spent there, but I couldn't do things that I wanted to do, work to the way I wanted to work and potentially spend the time I wanted to spend on certain things, um, you know, put more detail into bits and pieces that I wanted to do and just provide the service that I wanted to provide. Mm. So that's why I went out on my own, really, so I could provide the service that we are, we, that we're known for and I want to do, the highest end that we can do. Brilliant. So, so let's say day one, you started your business. What did it look like? How many other people, if any, did you have an office? Did you have vehicles? What kind of jobs did you do? Um, what kind of work-life balance might there have been? What, what did it look like at the beginning? At the very beginning, it was just me. Yeah. So, like a lot of people, I was. Uh, it was just me. Um, I did have a pickup truck that I had because I was working as a subcontractor for this company, so I had a pickup truck. I had a few tools because I've been doing some work on the weekends. And um, yeah, so I set out. I had two £2,400 in my bank, all I had, and said, right, what are we going to do? What do I need? I need business cards. I need leaflets. <laughs> yeah. I need uniform and I need signage for my van. Yeah. So they're the things I got. Soon realised leafleting doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> you try all these things, don't you, at the start? Yeah, you do. Um, yeah, so we were we and we were doing small stuff for friends. You know, we were putting up fence panels, doing the driveways for you know family friends and stuff like that. And 
bits and bits and pieces, not really the work that I wanted to do. Mm. Um, and then I got, uh, we got our first project, which was actually like a nice project where we were using like nice hardwood decking. So we went and done that project, loved it. Um, that was great. But then it was when I bumped into my old boss when I done my apprenticeship and um, I'll just, this is why I've learned this lesson. Always be honest mm. because I bumped into him and he said, how are you doing? I said, oh, I'm all right. Okay. You're not too bad. And he was like, you know, I heard you working for yourself now. How are you looking? How are you, how are you doing for work? And, and normally you turn around and go, oh yeah, I'm really busy. You've got loads of work on what people do and try and act like you're really great. Yeah. I was just honest. I said, to be honest, we haven't got much work. We're finding it really difficult to, to get the work at the right price, um, finding it quite difficult. Um, and because I said to him, he's like, well, I'll tell you what, I'm actually retiring. So mm-hmm. I've got a big order book of stuff that needs to be done. And obviously, and, you know, a connection with the designer that we that I used to work with with him. Mm. You know, I introduce you. I was like, that'd be fantastic. So then that was our first introduction to working with a garden designer. Yeah. Wendy Stokes and we worked together for years. We won our, the Principal Barley Award together. Brilliant. Um, so, you know, and that really cemented that thing of be honest. Be honest with people. If you're not doing great, they say. Because yeah. they could be the solution. They could be the person to help you, you know. Honest is always the best policy in all walks of life, isn't it, really? Be transparent, no games, just, you know, do be a good person, you know, be a good business person. And um, and you'd always come out on top. There's a lot of people that are, are not as honest, should we say, um, but, you know, that, that they don't tend to uh, last very long. And that, that reputation, once it's once it's bad, it's um, it spreads like wildfire. So, um, so what year was that then? When did you start this business then? Well, it's actually our ninth anniversary today. What a privilege that you've, you spend it with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it kind of works out that way. Yeah, so we're nine today. Brilliant. Well, happy ninth birthday. You don't look a day over it. Um, very good. There's lots of experience over those uh, over those years, no doubt, ups and downs and all the rest of it. But what, is it look, what does the business look like now? Then? So it was you you with your pickup truck with a, with a few tools. Um, fast forward nine years today, what does it look like? Fast forward nine years, a lot less experience than the rest of the guys that have been on the podcast. But yeah, we've still got some experience. So now we're um, we've got uh, just over ten people employed with us. So we're still small, but we've got you know five vans. We've got a couple of machines that we we, we that we own. You know stuff that we shipped over from America before anyone else had in the country. We've got we had we've got stuff that we, it was the first over here. We're in external premises. We've got two floor offices. We've got you know, 6,000 square foot yard for storage. You know, we've got, yeah, we've, we've grown, we've grown. We've got obviously bigger overheads for that, but it's the only way we can give a good service. The service that we want to give, sorry, not the only way to give a good service, but the way, the service that we want, we need to be able to house our, back, you know, our office staff. Mm. So you reinvested that money back into the business in order to grow further. Um, and I think you've got to do that. But in order to be able to reinvest, you've obviously got to be charging the right kind of money, haven't you? And, you know, we've been um, on the panel at um, Futurescape about pricing. And I know that you're very experienced and knowledgeable around that. So presumably that's something really high on your on your sort of priority list, charging what you feel is worth and and, and a good price for a, for a great job. A hundred percent. Yeah, I think that was the biggest, biggest lesson that we learned was how to how to quote and how to really, you know, value yourself i remember when we had my work before i spoke to the, uh, my old boss and he helped us out i went to the landscape show and i went to a seminar of mark gregory's and i sat there and he was talking about don't be a busy fool you know know the value of what you do this that, and the other and i put my hand up and i asked a question to him and i said um we're really struggling to obviously convert work um at the right price you know what do you do when you need to be busy um and you need to earn money and he was just like stick to your guns, know the quality of your work, don't be a busy fool. If you've got no work in six months, come and see me, I'll give you a job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, if all else fails. Yeah, I think there's far too many people do undervalue what they do in this industry. And I think in a lot of industries as well, but you know, you, in order to charge five-star prices, you can't have a two or three-star service though. So you've got to be appropriate and, and relevant to to the sort of people that you're you're trying to quote for because if you've got 
high class, you know, top end, high net worth people, then obviously they, they expect the best. So I suppose it helps you to really be on top of your game. I love that expression though, busy fool. No one likes to be a busy fool because you're working really, really hard. You end up with a really, really nice project or the customer does. And you look at your your bank balance and you think, wow, I've just paid wages and that's it. You don't really move on. And I think if you, if you run your business like that, like a lot of people do, you can't reinvest back into your business. You can't bring machines over from America. You can't pay people the top the top money to attract the best people. So there's a whole cascade, whole knock on effect of that. So it's a, you see, you know, like it was funny when we were on that panel together and we were talking about costing mm. that. Mark Gregory was sitting in the in the audience for a few hours, but that was a question that someone else asked me. What yeah. do you do when you need to get? And so, and I gave an I I gave an answer. So nine years on, I'm giving an answer to a question that I actually asked. Mm. Um, you know, so it, it 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 is it is difficult when you need to work. And you say five star prices for five. It, it's really just the fair cost of what it costs to do it. Yeah. You know, there is there's overheads involved. Um, that, that can't be avoided really if you if you want to work with um larger companies that that can deal with more complex projects then they need more staff in the background to to help with that which has a cost yeah so what knowing your numbers is absolutely crucial isn't it i find a lot of people don't necessarily understand that area or they shy away from the numbers because it's a bit complicated and maybe they weren't too scholastic when they're at school and they weren't they didn't like math so that so they go that that creeps into your business and think oh avoid that kind of stuff you know 100 yeah i think you're probably like from that way for like i've got these little sayings that i've got from different people in the industry that have helped that've helped me that have stuck with me and mm. he's one of the things so sam hassel when i work with sam hassel is like don't bury your head in the sand yeah the cost of the cost jake you can't avoid them you, are, you know, if you don't want to pay attention to them now, you'll be paying attention to them later, basically, because you're going to pay them. So the cost of the cost. So don't bury your head in the sand. So understand what your hourly rate is. Yeah. You know? What a lovely man. Big shout out to Sam Hassel. We do like um, Sam. Brilliant. At, um, Liberate. And yeah, I've, I've, I've visited Sam. I went to his house. He's shown me the demo of that software and um, actually did speak really highly of you at the time, funnily enough, because um, he's not far from you in Guildford. Um, so now he's... Um, he knows his stuff and um, hence why um, it's helped you along your journey and where you are, I suppose. If you don't yeah. know your numbers, you don't know whether you're making the right decisions or not. And it's a bit like hope is not really a very good strategy, is it? <laughs> well, I think that is a key thing. You know, you need to, um, you, if you need help or you're not too sure, ask. Yeah. Ask someone. Yeah. Like I, I asked the question, so I had got to meet Sam through asking a question of Brian Herbert from mm. that. I asked him a question about, a few bits and pieces and he helped to, and, he, and he, he literally just opened my eyes to what could be because everyone knows like you don't they're saying you don't know what you don't know but you do know there's something else out there yeah. so you know, this is there's got to be a better way to do this there's got to be a more professional way to be and it's like well what is that answer and then if you ask people and ask enough people your the answer soon appears and then it's for you to then go down that road and make it happen yeah but if you think about it someone somewhere has done what you want to do successfully. Whether it's a landscape business, an accountancy business, a construction business, someone somewhere has done it. And these days, in the current climate we're at, with the access to information online, a Google search or, or a search into YouTube, you'll find someone that has done what you want to do. And if, you, if you've got the guts and, um, and you've got access to these people or you try and seek them out, it just takes a question, doesn't it? And, and there's a common theme with everyone that I've interviewed so far on the podcast. And they all say, look, it's such a great, abundant industry. People want to help you. Just ask. Just ask. Because the answers are out there. 100%. Like you, I think there's no other industry where people are so willing to share yeah. information, especially for free. Yeah. There's no so like you owe me something. They're just happy to help. Just yeah. happy, you know, they're just happy with what they do. I think because what to do what we do, you have to love it, you have to have passion. Because if we're honest, you every, you can run a great business in this industry, and there's many people that do. But if he, if you're just doing it for the business to earn money, to solely just to earn money, there's easier industries, there's the more scalable industries that you could do that. Mm. You've got to love what we do, really. So yeah. that passion then feeds out into how way people act and work with each other and yeah, and that is that is the that's the truth of it, and that's what makes it so nice. Yeah, and and I know you're a Barley member, and they they support 
you and there's lots of um, education and support there. The APL do the same, Pro Landscaper do the same, um, as well as Futurescape. You know, all these free seminars, free events that you can go to and meet these people, mingle them and ask them and get get um, get their contact details. It's all out there, isn't it? It's just um, having the guts to maybe just say, look, I'm struggling with this or I don't know about how to do this. What do you think? And seeking out people like Mark Gregory and the Paul Downers of this world, you know, people that are abundant and want to give back. You know, it's out there. They're willing to, to help. They've been where you've been, where you are. So they appreciate, you know, that sometimes when you're starting your business, you need a bit of a bit of advice. Um, and it is a very nice, friendly, abundant um, industry. So, um, OK, then leading on from that, then, what would you say in your experience are the most important elements to running a successful business? Big question. <laughs> There's lots, isn't there? There's lots. Yeah. Um, we would say maybe your top three, then. Top three. Um Grit, it's got to be up there. You've got to have grit. You've got to be determined um, to, to keep things going. You know, you really have. Business is not not easy. Anyone that says it is, is, is not giving you the full picture. Mm. But it's fun. Mm. It's fun. If you enjoy it and you love it, um, it remember them times. There's, there's times you've got to dig deep. So grit, I think, is a key thing you need, you need, for, you know, you need for business. You know, focus is another one. There's so many great landscapers out there um, that that maybe lack the focus on the business side of things, that lacking the focus to to sit there and and take things through the whole the whole range that needs to be done to implement something. So focus is key, you know. Um, well, it's difficult, isn't it? There's lots. <laughs> well, there's so many different things, but I think. I think you've got to have that grit, determination, resilience, and that that just sort of determination to to achieve whatever you need to achieve, make, get the end result, no matter what. Um, it's funny, Mark Gregory had him on the show last week, and and he said about business being a game, and, and it's like the game of business, and it's enjoyable. You mentioned they're fun, and and you know business should be fun, but for a lot of people it's not because they're not doing things in the right area, and they're getting stressed. They might not be, they might not know how to know. Uh, I don't um, read a P and L. Um, from their business or a balance sheet or know how to recruit people, how to systemize, how to lead people. Um, and then it doesn't become fun. It becomes a bit, bit of a stressful um, noose around their neck. So uh, it's important that we do have fun along the way, but learn uh, a, from those. Business is, I think, yeah, if you, if you don't enjoy it, maybe you're thinking about it differently or mm. maybe, you know, you need to try and see how you can change your mindset. So what I feel like business is a, is, is a, it's a game of risk, isn't it? Yeah. It's like it, to a degree, it's it's educated gambling. So you know, we look at a project and mm. we're evaluating the risk, and we're we're basically placing a bet that we can do that work for X amount of money on the hope that we get a return for it. Mm. It's effectively you might it, it, it's gambling in a in a way. So it is a bit of a game, you know, because you are sitting there looking at that risk reward. When you go and on the simplest thing, if you go to a roulette wheel, it's mm. risk reward. What's the risk? What I'm willing to put down. What's the reward? What I could get back. It's the same thing. Yeah, brilliant. Great analogy. So um, with that in mind, then, what setbacks have you had along the way? What major challenges or obstacles have you had? And, and what did you do about that? And, and, and what happened? What was the outcome? I feel there's lo- obviously there's lots of challenges. You know, a big one for us at the moment, I think, and for many people, is, is re- recruitment with the fact, you know, we could probably, have, we could grow bigger and we could do more work if we could find the right candidates to do it. But because we can't, we don't. Because there's no point scaling something that's, you know, hasn't got the fundamental, you know, culture of what you want to achieve, you know, know, what you want from the work that you do. Because it's not about having a big, huge business and that's what you do. It's about the work that you do. So I think that's a massive challenge for everyone. I think that challenge isn't going to go away anytime soon. Mm. Um, so you're still dealing with that that's the biggest challenge i think it's a big blockade actually mm. um, it's across the world not just the uk not just in landscaping i think at the moment the current climate you know there's a real skill shortage around the world um so what, what um have you had any sort of major setbacks have you had any apart from obviously the recruitment which is frustrating at the moment but have you had any issues in the past where you thought oh my god i've uh, i've taken on a bit too much or more than i can chew um no i'm not not in, in taking on too much because we're we i really make sure that we we deliver mm. for me it's all about being known for delivery so we don't overstretch 
you've got to stretch a little bit, but ne- never too much. You know, don't sell more hours than you actually got. That's something I've always tried to think. But you know, we're always a few different things like like a, a recent mistake. We tried to implement a new piece of software last year um, to try and help us. We were looking for a miracle cure. There's, mm. no, there's no such thing as one. Mm. But when you're really looking for something to help you optimize one of your systems and you do it, sometimes out of need, you can fill in the blanks. So you're like, it's probably not as good as we want, but you're like, yeah, it's okay. Mm. You know, if that work, we can make it work like that. And it was expensive. You know, we spent 30K on this software. Wow. Um, wow. And it lasted us a year. I mean, it doesn't work for us. It really doesn't work for us. So that's probably a bit of a mistake. It's a bit of a setback because that's a lot of investment. Mm. A lot of time as well invested as well as money, isn't it? I'm not investment, you know, but you learn these things. And I think the the key thing I learned from that is, you know, however much sometimes you do wish you had a miracle cure, there is no such thing as one. (laughs) I think with software, you know, at the moment, there's so many different options. And, you know, in an ideal world, it'd be lovely to have one bit of software that does everything, like you're quoting your CRM, your um, the finance side of things, um, just how you take them through your, your sales process and, and how then you manage the projects as well. And there's some bits of software that do a little bit of this and a little bit of that, but don't always do everything brilliantly. It's just sort of, sort of a bit of a broad brush. And I think it's finding now, I think, things that integrate with your core system. So if you've got a core system and then you've got other things that integrate, so you can have your quoting software in there, you can have Zoom meetings integrated in there, you can have your project management software and you can have your, your Sage or your Zero account software all integrated, then that's probably the way to go. Well, yeah, that's what I love. Anyone that knows me knows that I love a bit of software. I love all that, you know, mm. technology and trying to digitize what we do that is the modern world that is what it will be a modern landscape company we need to be digital we need to be faster paced in the way that we work um, and have that end-to-end process so yeah i do i do love a bit of software we've got lots but it is trying to work out as you say what fits together because there is no one thing that does what you need Mm. Um, you know because that is the best way to give the best service in the long run really because the information needs to be there at your fingertips to give at anyone any point yeah well systems you know business is just a whole set of different systems whether they're sales process systems whether it's account systems whether it's delivery systems and project management systems is business is just a whole bunch of all that kind of stuff there's a, an acronym for system and and really it sort of sums up exactly why systems are so important so save yourself stress time energy and money system because any system should make you more efficient and, and achieve all those things um so you might want to make a note of that if you're, if you're listening along as we speak um okay so um so well that leads me nicely into my next question then um have you got three tips then that would help uh, that you would suggest that would help improve the efficiencies and profits of a business yeah um, so we talked about systems and maybe systems is one of them because that makes you more efficient yeah, systems definitely um, is, is a big one. You know, you've got to get that in place, you know, and how you communicate, I think, is is, is a really big one. I think so many um, businesses that are having to depend on WhatsApp nowadays to, to get this real quick, instant communication that they need to their to their guys on site, you know, the field and office link. And, and there is lots of suppliers that are offering that service. And it's good and, it, you know, it, it makes things fast paced. But is it robust enough? Where does the link outside of that? Mm. You know, so you look, you look at there's lots of different options you can use. You know, you've got Google Chats, you've got things like Slack. You know, there's lots of different things that you can do. That is a big one because if you can't communicate effectively, you're going to end up with ineffic- inefficiencies. Yeah, communication is everything, isn't it? Generally in business, I think if if you hold regular meetings and you communicate and you've got a good sort of conduit from from site back to the office, whether it's Slack. Google Chats, WhatsApp, uh, Asana, Trello, Basecamp. We've got all the technology out there. It's just a case of finding one and and, and going with that and integrating it and getting that 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 um, as people's habits. You're changing people's habits on sites and making sure that they do do use the software that, that everyone's got at their fingertips on their mobile phones these days. You know, there's no there's no real um, excuse for it. Okay, so that's good. Anything else? So communication being a, a, a very very important one. And I think uh, take the time to be to innovate, to take the time to be innovative. You know, just because something's working, just because you're doing it and everyone's okay with it, doesn't mean it doesn't need a change, doesn't mean it doesn't need a freshen up. Mm. You, you take the time to stand back and go, we do it this way, but 
do we need to do it this way? Yeah, it's so, so just good to stop, isn't it? Stop and evaluate. Is how's it working? Is it could we improve it, uh, or is it as good as it can be? And then get people involved in that process as well. I, I do do a lot of that. Sometimes the people here might might have a little bit of a moment because, you know, I look at it and go, "You're going to change it." And some people turn around and go, "I do it when I'm on site, when I'm managing guys." And I'm moving people from place to place. So that's not working over there. I can see that slowing down. And I'm pulling, come over here, work on that and push people around. Sometimes people might go, well, why, what, you know, why? Mm. But that's because it's my job to look for the bottlenecks. Yeah. Anticipate where they might form. So the idea is if I've asked someone to change what they're doing and can you do this and they don't know the reason why, then I've done my job correctly. Because the idea is they're not, I'm supposed to make the movement before the bottleneck forms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Instead of going, oh, well, we've got a big issue. We need to change it. We're supposed to anticipate the bottleneck, the issue, make the change before it's the real issue. Don't mm. crash into a wall and then decide to go around it. Avoid <laughs> <laughs> the crash in the first place is much easier. That's really good. I think just taking that time, sort of trying to try and think, visualize a few steps ahead, because then you can, if you're organized like that and you plan things out, less things become urgent and less mistakes happen, which then can costly cost you more money and more time, more energy. Um, but never forget that with all this, all these systems and all these things you need to, you can't forget the key point of what we do is creative. What hmm. we do is, you know, is making beautiful gardens, you know, so you need to remember that, that the whole point of what you do is what you're doing on the ground, the quality of the workmanship, the craftsmanship, you know, that is, is paramount. You need to get all this business stuff in place. Mm. Like the def- you, know, you don't want to become a robot which yeah. is your life and feeling because this isn't the industry for that there, there is 100% space for systems and, and more professionalism mm. but creative and what we're doing is huge amounts of variables it's working with nature so yeah. forget that but definitely try and do two you know <laughs> try and do yeah. both yeah absolutely they're hand in hand aren't they really so what parts of being in business have you found to be the most rewarding over the last nine years most rewarding. Um, well, a couple of the challenges you set yourself huge challenges, mm. then overcoming them. So, in you know, the percent of achievement that you get, um, and obviously, when you and it's your business, you know, they're, they're your whole company's achievements, and it all takes a team to achieve things. But you do feel very, you know, it does feel very special that you know it's your company name that that, that award sits underneath. Yeah. So that that's great. You know, I do I do do love that and work. And and the other thing is, what you know, the amount of people that I managed to speak and see to, and the people the people that you interact with and overlap with, and mm. this whole community that is the industry, is what I also love because obviously. I get to go to these events. I do this. I do. I get asked to do things like this, which is amazing. Um, but it just over gets you to overlap with people, um, and I love talking to people and being social and that whole side of things and learning. So yeah, that's what I, I love from it, really. I suppose. Yeah, never stop learning, do you? And it, look, the word there, community. I mean, it is a real sense of community. This industry is, has has lots of mini communities all over the place. You know, through whichever governing body or whichever. Um, trade body you want to be involved with um, it's all out there isn't it and, and people are um, are always willing to help always willing to help 100% you know only, you, you get what you put you, you get out what you put in yeah the only thing in life isn't it really yeah, it's, but especially it gives back in spades that this, this mm. if you engage mm. yeah. people will engage and people care back they yeah. really you know I, I, I try to put as much work as I can in with Bali um, because I do believe that the things that Bali have been doing, do do, and will and want to do for the future will make this industry better and the industry that I love, you yeah. know. And it, we need it to 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 carry on growing. Where everyone took it from, where it was in the eighties, mm. where it is now, is phenomenal. Mm. And it's only more, it's only growing. Yeah, everyone shares the same common goal, don't they? Everyone's trying to get go for the same outcome. So you work together as a community to make it happen and evolve into, into where it needs to be, where it should be. So um, think about the stages you've been through with your business journey then. What advice would you give to someone that may be a little bit stuck at the moment, um, doesn't know what step to take next or, or how to get to that next level? Is there anything, any advice you could give from your experience? 
Um, well, yeah, it also depends what stage you're at and what you're trying to do. But definitely take the time to sit there and, and brainstorm about mm. what it is that you want and, and what it, the problems may be and, and look to be innovative and change. You know, get involved in the industry. You know, don't be tentative on the outside of it. Mm. Um, don't look and go, oh, well, I'd like to go to that event or talk to that person, but it might be a bit awkward. I've got no one to go with. Go for it. Do these things because doors open up. Um, if you're a bit, you know, and not leap in, but you know, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Mm. So if you've got a, if you've got an idea and you feel strongly about it, um, and you've spoken to a couple of people, and it's, it's then go for it. Try and be different. You know, ask for ask for you know a bit of advice from people. Yeah, there's it's 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 a, it's a difficult one to answer that really. It's just. Yeah. I think work, and work hard, work really hard. Like I yeah. got asked the question I got asked at Futurescape was how do you and people ask me this quite a lot. How did you get to a point where you don't work on the tools anymore? Mm. Go from working on the tools mm. to you know working in the office as a director running everything. So I suppose that's probably more for me because obviously people that have been on this podcast, they 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 transitioned long time years ago. Yeah, yeah. Me, I transitioned from working on the tools to now five years ago. So I've been working off the tools for five years, and the only time I get on the tools is at um, flower shows because it's my excuse. <laughs> yeah, you love it. So, but so that's a good point. Let's let's focus on that then, because there may be a few people who are in exactly that situation now. So, what did you do to transition yourself away from working on the tools to working on the business more? Um, I I never I always wanted to be able to to come off the tools just purely because I felt that was the right progression. Yeah. Not because I don't love being on the tools, because I love creating and building things. Mm. Um, so I didn't really have a plan for it, in mm. all honesty. But what I won't do is allow one thing to, uh, you know, to drag down the other. So I want to build the best gardens. Mm. I want to be known for building the best gardens. But to do that, it's about the service that you give in the office. There's no point being the best craftsman. But you, you answer your emails and you yeah. don't communicate with your clients and your designers and, and you're all over the place because then they just go, oh, you give a bad service. It's not good. Yeah. Company. Yeah. Bad experience. So, yeah. And then if you focus too heavily on the office side of things, your communication and win loads of work and you're a great salesman, fantastic. But then you can't deliver. Yeah. So either way, it's not going to work. So the only way to do it was to do both jobs as best as you possibly can. Mm. So I worked. I, I worked from God knows what time in the morning, you know, it'd be like four or five o'clock in the morning until 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night. Yeah. And I did yeah. that for years. Yeah. And why is because I had to do both jobs. Yeah. Because I to pay someone to do the other job. So I had to do both jobs to mm. the best of my ability to make sure that it, the, the company came up evenly. Mm. I did that. To, and then eventually you get to a point where you can then decide, do I go left or do I go right? So do I employ someone to do what the office work or do I get someone to replace me on site? Um, so, and, and that's, that's the choice that you made. So I actually turned around and said to the guys, I said, I've got so much to do in the office now. I'm getting a little bit behind. I'm going to go and do one day a week in the office now. And I work four days on site, right. but I need to catch up. So what I'll do is I'm going to do a, a full week in the office to get me ahead. Then we do one day a week. I went in the office and never came back out. Wow. <laughs> Brilliant. That's good. You've said people that you could trust on the ground, though. Yeah, I had, a, had, had yeah people. My, some of my apprentices. So straight away, when I went into business, I needed staff, and we we couldn't find people. And I was young. I was twenty four years old, yeah, twenty three years old, yeah, twenty three, twenty four. But and it's not that easy to actually employ skilled older mm. people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Work for you yeah. because you're young. Yeah. That was difficult. So it was hard to, to find good people. And I didn't really want to do things with subcontractors because I wanted to do it with direct labor because I felt I wanted to do it myself. So mm -hmm. what did I do? I decided to train. So I've had apprentice. My first employee was my was an apprentice. Mm. My second employee was an apprentice. You know, so I've got three of my key guys that work for me now, wow. all apprentices. I wow. trained myself. And they started then all those years ago and they're still with you now. They've come through the ranks. Yeah. And now Jordan, who was one that was my was my second apprentice, is now in the office off the tools himself. Wow. He's 80%, he's 80% off the tools. So we're kind of already transitioning. Now he's transitioning. Yeah. So yeah, had that from them. But it was, 
I realised that when I got on the office that I could organise more, could speak to more people, could quote on more projects, mm. and, and it led into better work. Because we had a small team, so we didn't need to be we didn't need to be really, really busy. We didn't need to win everything. So we just needed to win the what stuff we wanted. Right ones, yeah. So we went down that route. So look, I think I think what you're sort of touching on there is about working on the business as opposed to working in the business. It's a, it's a phrase that's banded around all over the place, all over the world. But the business will only only ever really grow and progress when you yeah. start increasing the amount of time you spend working on your business. I always sort of say that if um, if you think about your business going on pause, if, if, as soon as you go back on the tools or you're working a job in your own business, the, the progress on your business is you press the pause button. And then when you get back onto working on the business, that's when it sort of resumes the growth again. But you can't, you know, you, you need to spend a lot of time working on it as opposed to in it. And it's how you do it. It's how you carve out those extra hours of time that you can, like you said, you started, you thought, you know, do, do one day, and you ended up doing one week and then never having to go back. And then the business grew. You could have meaningful conversations with designers, spend time doing your quotes, winning the right work, getting the right numbers in yeah. place. And, um, and then it grows a bit further that, on from that, there. You know, that all comes from talking to people as well. It's like that saying of work on your business, not in it. Dave Dodd said that to me years ago. That's what Brilliant. he said to me, Jake. Goes, Jake, you need to find a way to work on your business, not in your business. And that's for me to sit there and follow your gut. That's another thing you said to me. They're little things that I that I keep and I always remember. You know, I've got a few from those. You've heard a couple already, but I've these people I, I you know I respect and they 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 gave me a little little bit of information, maybe a passing comment to them, but it meant something to me and it's helped me. Yeah. So um, yeah, that is key. Just you, you do need to do. It. But I've realised now. So I was like, oh, getting off the tools and getting in the office is me working on my business. Mm. now realize five years on that actually i'm working my business mm. because if as soon as you're still a fundamental role yeah the actual you know the process that, of the work so i'm i'm i'm, I'm, an est- I'm estimating i'm project managing mm. i'm i'm helping i'm sourcing work i'm talking to i'm a key person in in my business which means i work in my business yeah still got a job but it's just in the office not on site yeah. Exactly. So then it's like, I do work on my business because you have to. But that's the thing. If you worked on my business, if I worked on my business full time, mm. it would be me. And yeah. that's the thing. So, yeah, it's having that thing. Just because you're in the office doesn't mean that you're working on your business. No. You'll just be working in it. Yeah. So you've got to take that time to stand back and be innovative and think about what you can do next and, and, and plan for the future and put that time in because that's working on your business. And just being in the office isn't that. So yes. I think, yeah, that's key. Yeah, sometimes I, I, I get the question, you know, what, what kind of things would you say are working on the business then? You know, and, and I suppose things like doing strategy, doing planning, crunching the numbers, evaluating where you are, evaluating the processes of what, how you do things, um, evaluating your staff, all those kind of things, getting a recruitment strategy in place. That's all working on the business, but it's hard sometimes. There's a bit of a, a blurred line between um, what's in and what's on. But there was um, a chap... Um, you may have heard of um, called Michael Gerber, who um, was the author of the E Myth, and he wrote that book yeah. forty years ago. And he's the person that invented that particular phrase: working on your business rather than working in it. So you go and go to work on building a business as opposed to going into your business and working a job. Um, and if anyone hasn't read that book, then everyone has to read that book. And it's called the E Myth, and that's the E stands for the entrepreneurial myth being that um, entrepreneurs start businesses. They don't. It tends to be the technician, that the landscaper will start a landscaping business, um, but needs to know how to run a business and not just be a great landscaper. So it's... Um, it's Why do you say that? Because that is one... If you, you know, you're saying if you're stuck, I, I, I you know, listened to the audio book, E-Myth Revisited. That's it. And it was Brian, Brian Herbert that put me onto it years ago. And I have to say, when, when I was trying to transition and do stuff, I used to listen to a chapter i'll be like this it's reading my palm he's yeah. literally reading my about me <laughs> yeah, he's talking about me yeah. like, listen to a chapter think about it for a week implement something yeah. listen to the next chapter think about it for a week implement something right. and literally and that's what I, you know we're still we're still you know you're working through it because if you just listen to the whole thing in mm. one go mm. 
you know, it's not it's not as good because you, you literally go, well, I could do that. I need to do that now. Do it. So yeah, yeah. anyone that's trying to look, do that, have a have a listen. Mm. Or read. Yeah, you know, it, I've learned a lot of stuff. For that. spending five or a tenner on a book or an audio book, the value that that will give you will will stay with you for a lifetime. And um, there's actually, thankfully, for the for landscapers, that he actually wrote uh, an edition for landscapers. It's called the The E Myth for Landscapers. Oh, really? Yeah. So, um, so go on to go on onto Amazon, and it's um, that's on there as well. But don't. Oh, it's on a, it's, a, it's an audio book as well, actually. So I've got I've got both of them. So obviously, same thing. But the examples are of a landscape contractor as opposed to a woman um baking cakes <laughs> okay okay L- one last question then jake and i shall leave you uh, to get on with your day um if there was just one golden nugget out of everything that you've spoke about today and every all your nine years of being in this business um for people trying to build their business what would that one golden nugget be if you could just just you know bring it down to one thing Oh, that is another tough one, isn't it? There's lots of that. I think the key for me, I feel like, is be be yourself and be honest. Perfect. And work hard. I think you won't that, go far wrong, then, will you? Really? Yeah, I, I, you can. Yeah, I can, we can give lots of other examples of what we could do, but this, what the crux are, is if you're if you're if you're not if you're honest, you're transparent, and you work hard, and you're nice to people. Yeah. And you, you didn't and you you know you've got to do a good job it goes about saying you know yeah and you would you would do okay you would do well you yeah. know because you won't and and it, you can come on otherwise you can come you can come unstuck and it's not the way to be like you know it's very difficult to to give one thing but it also constantly keep working and mm. realize so i visualize business in this way it's like a game it's kind of mm. i imagine it all like um like formula one yeah so you, you know, the race has already started, yeah. We're not all on thing. The race has been racing for years. So, you know, everyone's on, you know, the runners and riders, everyone's racing around the track and they've all got their, you know, their cars. Mm. So your your business is your car. Mm. So when you're when you're late to the game, because you know, everyone else has already taken off 30 years ago, well, what can you do? You can't, you've got to go around the same amount of laps. You can't do anything about that. You can't cheat. So yeah. how do you do it? You've got to use technology, you've got to use you know things like that to help you speed up so you can get through that stuff quicker like we're lucky nowadays we've got email addresses we've got all mm. that stuff a lot of the guys started when they were sending letters yeah. sending folks out by post yeah you yeah. know we can get a decision back on a job in like 10 minutes you yeah. know sometimes because it's digital so you've got to work quick and thing is once the car's running and it's rolling you've only got little pit stops to do anything with it you can't just stop it and go i'm going to take it back to the to the garage for a month and, and we're going to tinker around with it. You've got to update it. You've got to add what you need to so you can, you know, be faster, be more efficient. But mm. you've got to make short things. So you need to plan that. So yeah. I think plan the changes you want to plan to, to do. Put them in place in bite-sized chunks. You know, sometimes we bite off bigger changes than we should. Sometimes everyone does because you're ambitious. Mm. Yeah, You know, if, if you love it, you want it, you're willing to work hard and you're nice you're and you know and you you, you respect people respect people in the industry especially the, you know the guys that have been there and, and done it the people that i've spoken to you know i've got massive respect for them so much time like they're mm. great they're so much they're great fun at events and yeah, yeah, and yeah. anyway they're full of personalities and and you know be happy to show your personality i mean when i first started business i thought be the gray man you know, blend in and don't think. And then I soon realized after a year, it's like, bitch, be yourself. Yeah. Be yourself. If you know, if you're if you're a laugh and you like to be a bit cheeky, great. Be that way. People will like that value. If you're mm. reserved and you're and you're but you're kind, people will also like that value. Be yourself, mm. be honest, work hard. Um, yeah, and, and talk to business coaches, talk to people, find that information, work with people like you, Nick, really, to be honest. I think we're quite lucky that we've got them options nowadays. We don't know everything. No one does. Yeah. Well, if um, if it helps to sort of avoid some of the mistakes and um, get you to where you want to get to uh, a bit quicker and with less stress, then it always always helps. I love the analogy of a Grand Prix, and um, I think there's so many similarities between business and sport, especially if you if you take that um, analogy of uh, of Formula One, having a team teamwork in 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 Formula One. You know, having to sort of tweak things, having to apply tactics, have strategy, all those kind of things apply yeah. to, to business as well, running a and business. Also that, that thing of like, don't 
you know, imagine that you've got a car run, it's all full of parts. So mm. the parts are the employees and the people, mm. you know, every part is valuable. So like every employee, every person who works here is valuable. Yeah. But if it's a big part and that part breaks, then it, it, may, it leaves a massive void. So it's like, don't just abdicate. What I'm trying to get to at that point is maybe if you've got a massive role or loads to do, don't abdicate that to someone else to do a huge part. Because if they're not there anymore, they leave or whatever happens, there's a huge part of your business just gone down. Yeah. We've been able to place it. And it's very difficult to find people that are multidisciplined. Mm. So, you know, if, if you're going to set, you know, try and divvy up the workload into smaller chunks and and, have, and give it to different people so that it's like lots of cogs in a, in, you know, in a yeah. machine. So, you, so you, yeah, it's easier to replace a smaller cog than one big cog. Yeah. You, know, you need a lot of machinery. You need lots of stuff to replace one big cog. So mm. it makes them no less valuable. You know, without that cog, the machine doesn't work. Mm. But maybe it's easier to replace that cog than it is. So, you know, don't just abdicate, oh, I don't like doing accountancy. I don't like doing, mm. you know, I, I don't like doing quoting. Someone else can do that. You can't abdicate anything. There's one thing I've definitely learned. Mm. Delegation, not abdication. And EMIF talks about that a lot. Yeah. And that is, a, that, is, that is a true thing. As soon as you abdicate it, you know, you're, you're, it's only going to get done if the person decides to get it done. It's yeah. not, you know, you've got to be engaged in all manner of, every part of your business, you need to be engaged. It's brilliant. Um, so much practical advice you've given there. And I think really, really valuable, total gems, full of gems of, um, of great snippets. And I'm sure a lot of people will take a lot of great um, inspiration from from what you do, how you've done it, your journey. Um, if they wanted to get in touch with you, um, either either to, to pick your brains or if someone's listening to this or watching this now and they want to get involved with them, employing you as a as a, uh, a contractor for their project, what's the best way for them to contact you? Um, so you know, if you've got a question or something like that, you want to have a little chat, then you know, Instagram is fine for that. You know, if you want to talk to us about business and you want to work, then emailing our our info account info the landscaping consultants um you know put it to the attention of me if you'd like to talk to me and it will it will get forwarded on but yeah you know if you and if you see if you see me about if you see me at you know an event or anything you know just come up if you've got a question just come and ask you know i'm i'm gonna you know i'll give you as much time as i can you know some if i'm busy i will always try and get back in touch you know everyone's busy but i'm always everyone knows i'm happy to talk <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 but look i think they can't miss you can they just 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 look out for a big prop forward coming towards you and you probably <laughs> you, you can't get out of your way so uh, you, can't be, you can't miss you really but jake thanks so much for coming on to the show it's been really really interesting great great knowledge so many great um tips and practical advice that you've given um i'm sure people will get um a lot of value from this um and i look forward to seeing you at the next landscaping event soon no doubt Thank you very much. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, it was helpful. Thank you. Thanks for your time, Jake. Speak to you soon. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Grow Landscapers podcast. To get in touch and see how we can help you with your business by emailing nick at nickruddle.com.